What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, Radical Ones. This is the Radical Retro Rewind. I am your host, Ryan, and I could not be any happier. We are deep into fall here in New York, and we have that brisk air, we have leaves falling, and we have the smell of firewood outside. I love this time of year, and what better time to do a movie like Double Double Toil and Trouble from 1993? Then in Halloween. <laughs> Joining me this week again is my friend Rob from Brunch with the Hollowells, as well as Movie Geek and Proud. Hi, Ryan. <laughs> Thank you for having me again on the show. Like I said from last week, I'm so excited to talk about today's movie. Yeah. Thank you so much for even reminding me about this movie's existence. Oh, yeah. I received a list of all of the Halloween-esque films that will be streaming for the month of October, and then immediately when I saw this that this is playing on hulu i was like ryan we need to review this movie right now because i had no access to this movie until now and i'm just so glad i was able to stream it and so this yes yes i was like yes we have to review this since it's for free (laughs) and it's so clear i don't know if anyone's tried to look for this movie but if you looked for it before hulu there's only like five minute clips on youtube it's not in high definition but it is clear it is gorgeous so in the spirit of halloween we're not gonna do retro news this week we are gonna give it all to halloween what are some things rob that make you feel like Halloween? Is there a movie that you like to watch? Is there something that you like eat? Is there a place that you go to to bring out Halloween for you? Well, for Halloween lately, um, here in California or Los Angeles, I should say, uh, the biggest thing is the whole WeHo street block party that they have where everybody really goes all out in costume. And so I would attend that and um, just kind of walk the streets and look at everybody's, you know, creative costumes that they have made 
for themselves to show off. Other than that, I usually have traditional movies that I watch that are fun. One being Hocus Pocus and Ernest Scared Stupid as far as the children aspect of Halloween. And then we get to the adult where I watch like Trick or Treat, which has become an annual thing for me since it was released. And then I watch a rotating number of horror movies each year. Um, And so I've watched a couple of those. Sometimes like Elvira, Mistress of the Dark will pop in there sometimes. Mm. So it's usually been sort of a movie chill Halloween for me these past couple of years since um, moving to LA. But I mean, as a kid, you know, I did the whole trick or treating thing. I, which is funny given this whole like ABC, Olsen Twins, TGIF, Family (laughs) Manners. I was Urkel for a lot of years for Halloween. I love this. Rob told me this once. I just think this is the most fabulous thing. From the clothes to the glasses to the flat top, I had it all. And like I was praised so much in my neighborhood for doing it and playing the part. It wasn't just a look like I would literally walk to every house in the walk that he does. And I would never break character. And were you doing, did I do that? I did it every time somebody <laughs> would open the door. I There's one specific memory where I did go to this house and this woman answered and I guess she was throwing a Halloween party. She called all of her guests to come to the door. She was like, you guys have to see this. Look who he's playing. And I just literally put on a show while my friends went to like two other houses and left me there because I just wouldn't leave. I was seriously, I just brought in all the attention. I was just letting it sink in. But no, I mean, Halloween was definitely a fun... (laughs) Halloween was definitely a fun holiday for me growing up, especially in the 90s. Coming home to watch this movie as well, I'm sure that year was, was probably amazing. But yeah, you know, anytime I got a chance to watch, you know, Afraid of the Dark or anything like that on Halloween and, you know, eat candy and all that good stuff was a great time. That was our last week's episode. If anyone might have missed it, we did do Are You Afraid of the Dark? So, Rob, are you also one of those people that will channel surf during Halloween time and just come upon maybe an AMC marathon or like a random horror movie in general and just like stop and watch it? You know, I I would say that I used to do that. So currently I don't have cable. I'm just using, you know, my streaming channels to kind of watch anything on TV right now. So it would be hard for me to really actually catch something on the fly. But I will say that when I was younger, I definitely did that. You know, sci-fi was a really good source for that. ABC Family back in the day before Freeform was a good source for that. You know, HBO, you know, you would just kind of catch just random stuff just coming on out of nowhere. And, um, you know, USA, those nightly movies that would come on, those were always fun to catch just on the fly. Sometimes there'd be marathons of um, Friday 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street, maybe, and or, or Halloween actually Halloween, Halloween always right good. always always Halloween especially I think AMC always seems to do that Halloween yeah. marathons which are fabulous lately uh they would bring Halloween back to the theaters and I would always make a point to try and find a theater that's playing it so I can go see a showing of that and 
those were always fun to find and attend. So it, it gives you a sense of like, I'm part of this club that got to like do this on a specific day or, you know, when you are surfing through channels, it's like fate had it. You caught this movie at this time. Let's just sit down and watch it, you know? And those movies, like Rob mentioned, the Friday movies, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, especially, um, actually, I got to give it to Jason. I feel like those movies on a marathon around Halloween time. Oh, my God. I will eat that up. Show me those 80s slasher movies one after another. Yeah. Um, I stopped doing the whole candy thing by myself. I mean, because I mean, I don't I live in an apartment, so I'm not going to be giving out candy. But me buying candy just to eat, like I'm gotten too old for that. I have the body metabolism to where I can't do that anymore. But I definitely <laughs> love doing it when I was younger, for sure. You know, if it doesn't count, if it's on Halloween, it, th- those calories are magically disappear on Halloween. <laughs> well, hopefully that is true this year. I've been in the mood to actually get some, but again, unless I was like having friends over or something, I don't know if I'd buy like a huge bag or whatever, but I'm sure everybody will be buying lots of candy after. What popped in my head was like, how much of the Olsen twins did I watch when I was younger? And they had tons of other TV movies and specials that were on. And one that popped in my head immediately, and I actually found the entire special on YouTube, thank God, because it took me forever to actually remember which one it was. So I'm just going to throw some things at you and see if you remember where this was from. Okay. They hosted this variety special, right? They had a whole bunch of guests come on and, and, you know, do their little bits and whatnot. And this was around the time that Aladdin came out because they had two people come out to sing A Whole New World from the new hit movie Aladdin. So that was one part of it. There was a comedy stand-up portion of Louis Anderson. He was a guest star on this special. Anything ringing a bell yet? I must have missed this entire thing because... Musical guests include Joey Lawrence and Kid and Play. Yes. Wait, what? Was this on ABC? Then we've got stars coming in, Dick Van Dyke and Tim Allen. Okay, okay. Uh, They actually went to the set of Home Improvement and he taught the girls how to grunt. You don't remember this special at all? No, my God, no. Where was I? The year on that one? This was also the same year, 1993. I'm thinking of all of these things and I'm like, what is the common thing? Why were they all gathered together for this? And it took me forever to figure it out, but I finally figured it out. It was their Mother's Day special. Okay, so when we think of Mother's Day... All of it. Well, it seemed that everybody was coming in to pay tribute to their mothers. Yeah, so it's the Olsen Twins Mother's Day special. This special, I remember so much. I recorded it on VHS. I don't know why I didn't record any other special, but that one in particular, I caught. And I loved it. And they dressed up in like genie outfits for the whole Latin bit. And they had like a dog show. Like all of this stuff was happening. And um, yeah, it it was a really fun way to go down memory lane again. And again, this whole entire special is on YouTube. If anybody wants to look it up, it's so crazy to just watch them host their entire hour. These women really worked hard. Okay, you guys can hate how they look, act or gotten away from the spotlight. It's because they put everything in as kids. Everything. These twins are no joke. You know, I was trying to remember, but didn't they even have a sitcom when they were older or was it? They had two. 
They did have two. Okay. It was like two of a kind and so two little a- time or something. Yeah. In addition to full house, like these women and how many movies? Like it's how insane. many movies? Didn't they have a detective agency series? They had all of well, it. Direct to VHS. And I really, I don't find them annoying. I know people really have this either aversion to the Olsen twins or they're just over them. But all of this, anything you can think of with the Olsen twins in it, all of it was before they turned 18. So again, their money was never in their control during their entire career. And it's, I would come out just as emo and all of this jazz. Like, I'm tired of it. Like, they didn't want to come back for Fuller House. I totally get it. They're done. They're done. So I appreciate this movie and them. So I have a question for you. And this will be really interesting if your listeners decide to chime in. But would you say It Takes Two or Parent Trap? Oh, Okay. So here's my thing. Right now, I would say It Takes Two is better. Are you on a Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen high right now? To do a review, compare, and contrast of this of these movies, maybe one day on this show, to see if that still holds up. And if I would still choose It Takes Two. Because I love me some Parent Trap. But yes. for seriously, though, which one for you? It Takes Two, I loved that movie as well. God, you always got great questions, you bastard. (laughs) I guess I'll pick The Parent Trap just because of what it inspired, and I just saw that movie so many times on television, and just, it launched the Lohan. So, (laughs) although I did like the original Parent Trap as well, but I did enjoy, okay, I'll just, to give you an answer, I'll say The Parent Trap to contrast your Well, there you go. So then we should definitely review these two together and see if we still think the same because I love It Takes Two so much. Can we do a duet? Can we do like it takes two, baby. <laughs> I just remember it being so much fun. So yes, I would love to revisit those movies, but they're the exact same thing. It takes two versus the parent trap. Has that ever been done before? Probably. I have not seen it. I So the fact that it takes two currently is on Netflix. We should definitely do it ASAP. I should also add, before we get started, your very co-host, Sean, is going to guest host on an upcoming episode talking about X-Men, the animated series. I'm very excited about that. That is going to be such a good episode. As soon as Sean told me that... I was like, oh, that is going to be so epic because he is so knowledgeable of the series and I know he's going to come on here and just kill it for you. So yes, I'm excited for that. I can't wait with all his X-Men knowledge. I have to brush up on my X-Men knowledge. No, you guys will do great. Just give him a lot of questions. He'll answer. He'll give you any sort of uh, details or reasoning to his logic and all that. Yeah, he'll, he'll let you know. So yes, I'm excited for that. So Double Double Toil and Trouble originally aired on October 30th, 1993 on the ABC network. 1993. Here we go. As I always like to say, movies are time capsules of their periods. And this movie is a 90s movie. Yes, it is. It also should be, I feel like, labeled with some kind of warning of what not to do if you are children. 
Like, this should be a handbook of things to not do as children. Just even speaking with strangers, grave diggers, we got everything. We have everything in this movie. People who live under bridges and going <laughs> into people's houses. Let's get into this movie, Rob. The movie, right? So this starts off with the twins, Kelly and Lynn. They're at a Halloween party. Pretty much perfect in every way. They're like almost geared to be like the next Power Rangers because you know how they were all perfect at everything that they did. They're winning every single contest and, and challenge that's being presented to them. Bobbing for apples, pin the tail on the donkey. They even win the contest of the pumpkin carving. Like, they're right. just perfect. Let's just set these women up to just do no wrong, right? Yeah, this mom, I don't know what she does for a living to pull all of this off. Like, these kids have, I've never been at a party like this in my life. Never. I really, I never. honestly am trying to remember, have I ever been to a party with, you know, a clown or a musician and all of these activities? I mean, she even had the yard to pull it off. Like she had every this I, mother. I thought this was for you know the kids went home and you you realize it's a mother. I thought it was like a teacher and they were at some kind of school festival. Well, I wonder. Well, you wonder if it was like was it a Halloween party like you said for the children or was it someone's birthday? Because whoever's birthday it was must have been crying in the corner because they got no attention. So, but I will say, so Oscar the clown comes out and he immediately just flooded with memories i love this guy so so this is played by phil von Dagaro. and so so this gentleman i remember him immediately from willow he was willow's best friend and um this really cheesy horror film called ghoulies part two so he was a carny at the carnival where the ghoulies were were hanging out so good but then he also had a part in bordello of blood so this is the tales from the crypt movie that came out one of two and he was in that too i think he's a wonderful actor i like him when i see him in films he's been in other stuff too but those are the been in everything three. i feel like he's one of those faces that pop up especially in the 90s and things like that and if it's a especially a sci-fi or a horror themed this guy's always in it oh yeah so Kel- kelly and lynn they they're twins but they're starting to get over it because they always have to do everything together and go to the same place even in this pumpkin carving contest, first of all, nobody asked them to carve their pumpkins the exact same way. So if they want to be different, why don't they try doing that? Amen. Amen. But during this carving contest, he chooses the both of them to win, which I think is really messed up for twins because just because they are the same does not mean that they enjoy and want to share everything. I would have Oh my, I would have been so pissed if I had to share a prize with my twin every single time. Those two did not have to win together, but they did. And so they got this magic wand that basically is magic. And we never get an explanation why this wand is magic. I was looking for that the whole movie and they never said. See, this is what I was going to ask you. Was it the magic wand or was it them using the wand? Well, I would love to say that it was the twins because of their ancestry and obviously their grandmother being able to use magic but they never really established that so I can't say that that was the cause I think that the wand just ended up in his presence because he's into all of that mystical stuff and wherever he got it must have been it must have been Sardo so he must have got it from that (laughs) in preparation of this party he just went to Sardo's got the magic wand 
called it a day. <laughs> so I think he just bought a magic wand and didn't know. It looked like a plastic wand that you would get at the dollar store. So yeah, they, it, I'm glad that it, this worked out for them. But yeah, the two yeah. of them get one wand and then that starts an issue of them, like Rob is saying, fighting over it. They don't want to share the wand. They don't want to share everything, even though their pumpkins were identical. Yeah. Yeah. They would, I guess that is fair in, in the same sense. They looks the same. Those other kids had great pumpkins, too, that were They different. did. I thought there were some really good ones, but it's Mary-Kate and Ashley's movie. We got to have them win. Otherwise, oh, they walk. Have you ever bobbed for apples? I did once, and I almost drowned. <laughs> no, oh, I didn't almost Rob. drown, but... I didn't almost drown, but it was agonizing. I didn't find it fun at all. And I didn't understand how people were able to do it without choking to death. So I just, it just wasn't my thing. It felt more of an embarrassment to me. I feel like it was such a gag game. Like whoever does this is just fooling themselves because they look stupid trying to do it. But yeah, never really got into that one. So then we have the parents. They are coming to get their kids from the party. And lo and behold, I completely forgot he was in this movie. Eric McCormick, a.k.a. Will Truman for us gays, um, is the father of these two twins. I completely forgot that he was in this movie. I think it's because both he and the mother. Which- so the mom is played by um, uh, Kelly Fox. I don't actually recognize her from other things, but yes, she's uh, Kelly Fox. Miss Kelly Fox. Sorry about that, Kelly. She, they kind of just blended in. They, they were like that everyday generic parents kind of character that's probably why we didn't think of them plus when the Olsen twins are on camera how can you look elsewhere they are the stars well yeah I mean later we find out that these parents are not a part of the plan at all these little girls are old enough to just do whatever the hell they want so who's thinking about the parents at this time (laughs) these girls they could have died about 20 times not to give you like full quote-unquote stuff but these parents are talking about how they're a little low on cash they're in the process of possibly losing their house because the dad is a deadbeat no i'm totally kidding he just has a company that is not as thriving right now during this season and they're a little bit in trouble they're gonna go see their aunt agatha uh to possibly borrow some money because they're family and they have not seen her in over seven years so why not break that streak by coming over to ask for money the day before halloween and the day before the house is going into foreclosure so i have a feeling that all of that is set by magical fate to drive them over to the house because I mean the the prophecy and the curse and how it can be broken like they needed a reason to go to this house so I think there's some forces that drove all of this into effect for them to go to that house if I'm thinking about it as an adult anyway <laughs> the wand was given to them the wand is the thing that flies out the window towards the house the aunt's house when the parents actually do go to visit the aunt for this money. So their mother Christine's aunt, Agatha, who is played by Cloris Leachman, who eats up Oh my god, meat. so good. She loves to play evil. She loves that witch role. You could tell she is living for this witch role. She did, and what's funny too is, so the mom, right? Her name is Christine, yeah. and then um, Aunt Agatha, Agatha Christine. Oh my god, yes! Yeah. 
She's like, hey, Agatha, it's Christine. And I'm like, Agatha, Christine, really? You did this? I was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> it's that type of movie, people. It's it is. that type of movie. But yeah, you hear her theme music and everything. I love it, yeah. She's making the most of every scene. So the, the parents are doubtful that this is going to happen, but they want to ask for the loan anyway. They tell the girls to stay in the car while they go in to see the Anne. They do have a dog with them, too, by the way. I forgot their their Norman the dog. He was a cutie. Um, so immediately after their parents leave, the wand flies out the window and the girls leave the car. And Rob, who do they stumble upon? After walking in a graveyard. So this is number one when they life in danger moment one. Yeah, they they run into a grave digger who is currently digging a grave, which is also super dangerous. I don't know how this is. Who is this playing the grave digger? This is Wayne Robson. This guy has a very familiar face. You don't see him that often. but He's everywhere. But I looked him up and I just watched this movie as one of my Halloween traditions this year. He pops up in the movie Wrong Turn. So he is the toothless sort of like gas attendant at that gas station who has that heavy accent and knows that they're heading into trouble. Yeah, so he's sort of in the beginning and at the very end. I You could barely recognize him if you were to watch Wrong Turn, but yes. He is the gravedigger in this movie, and he's just scared of everything. I don't know how he got a job as a gravedigger, seeing as he doesn't want to be around any of this death. He's freaked out by the fact that they're twins at first. This is how freaked out he is. He sees... You're in two places at the same time. Oh, no. So that scares <laughs> the crap out of him. As a matter of fact, he says he lives where it is sunny all the time. Yes, yes. And this, yeah, the sun never goes away or never sets or something, he says. <laughs> Meanwhile, while this is happening, I just want to mention that when they when the parents go to the house the doorbell rings and george is there so george is there is her sort of butler or helper or something and he goes you know do you want me to get the door and she goes yeah i'll answer it while you sit here being filthy rich (laughs) that was her first line and i freaking love it i love it she has a lot of one-liners in this or just the way that she says things she delivers it so well so good yes i i really love that line she gives it it just sets the tone like you work for me (laughs) like get the door that's such a stupid question but um yeah so we meet george the butler and then yeah she um greets the the parents um on the on the top of the stairs with her entrance and her helen Marin winchester dress that she has on 100 100 percent. parents make small talk you hear that again that it has been seven years ever since her twin sister aunt sophia disappeared met a man fell in love and disappeared now no one questioned this in seven years no no letters no nothing so she disappears but they mention that this aunt doesn't this aunt they have no relationship with it's a struggle she's always cruel but then they ask for this money which to me she also says and agatha says a great line that says family is just strangers 
basically the mother wants the money. She, we're family. But to me, I don't know. After not seeing someone for seven years, I kind of agree with the- 100%. Do not come and preach to me about what family means. And the only time that you want to break this chain of silence is when you need money from me. And to remind me what family is. Aunt Sophia would help us if she was here. Well, you know, she's not. And you chose to ignore me for seven. Like, no, no, no. This was not the right time to do it. I 100% with. But I love how Agatha gets like pissed. She should, if anything, be super proud. Like, ooh, you're just as devious as I am. You know, look for me. You got spunk. I like you. But she gets like butthurt about it. So, So the line that you mentioned, it's family are just strangers who just happen to be related. It's true. I don't know all of my family. Yeah. They're yeah, strangers I mean, to me. We're related, <laughs> but they're strangers. So yeah. that was another great line. But yeah, so the grave digger obviously is like, yeah, I need to dig this grave. You know, Agatha asked me to do it. I don't know why, but I'm not trying to be around here. And then does he bring up the moonstone? Is that what happened? Okay. He brings up this tale that they were twin sisters. That the two aunts are twin sisters, also played by Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen in flashback. In the best wigs ever. They're like these Shirley Temple wigs that it's cute. So they're playing the twins back in the day. They don't also want to be twins. They're fighting and they heard that this witch that was killed 2000 years ago, their family member is a witch and they had she had a moonstone. So they figure if they find this moonstone that they could grant a wish that they can no longer be twins and they'll have separate identities. Yeah, and I love it. The groundskeeper for some reason needed to hop out of the grave, go behind this tree and make this scenic entrance to tell his story. It was so dramatic. I love it. Everyone in this movie (laughs) is so extra and camp. They go for every scene. And, okay, so Agatha goes down to the basement. Sophia's yeah. upstairs in the attic. So Agatha finds it first. It's in a mirror, which I thought was kind of cool. And she just has no qualms about reaching into a mirror that she knows nothing about. You know, let me just put my hand in here. She didn't get scared or anything. And she gets super excited, but immediately has the thought, I'm not going to tell my sister. I'm going to keep it to myself and just do whatever I want with it. I mean, it took her no time at all just be like screw you horrible rob said she comes down and goes sophia sophia she's about to tell her she found the moonstone and literally in that one split second she says no and i don't believe in magic and neither should you yeah so they grow up and agatha obviously just ends up getting everything that she wants and they live together to current age as opposed to you know seven years ago but yeah this whole time agatha just magically gets everything and sophia's just caught in the middle. And you know Aunt Sophia's good because she wears white and Aunt Agatha always wears black. This is how you know the difference between the two of them. Just remember that. So as the gravedigger is telling this story too, he, by the end of the story he ends up on top of a tree just hanging out. I don't know how he got up there and why, if it had anything to do with the storytelling, but he ends up in a tree ending the story. But they just kind of hint that there's a spell going on and Sophia is somewhat trapped in that house this time until about midnight tonight or something and they have to say a incantation in Whitstone in order to free her so now here comes our 
film. They are now out to set out and find this moonstone, say the incantation so they can free Aunt Sophia. Not to save her life because they need a house to save. They literally say, and Sophia will give us the money to save the house. We have so it really is about the house and they're not apologetic about it. They're going, those little witches and Agatha would be proud. Get that money. I'm actually very surprised that Eric McCormick, so this, you know, father of the house, this man of the house, he's actually like okay with the fact of asking this woman for money. With most man characters, they usually will not agree to this at all and like get super pissed if they are forced to ask for money, especially from another woman and one that they don't like. Like this was a different movie <laughs> for sure they go home that night and they're carving pumpkins it's the day before halloween and they do tell the girls because they find out somehow that they need the money they said don't worry about it you know we'll go trick-or-treating tomorrow and then on monday we'll figure it out that's that's always good they also mentioned during this that aunt sophia has been missing for seven years and they do ask you mean she hasn't written or called in seven years no but she loves cinnamon cookies you know i never thought about trying to reach out to her this man just she ran off with this man he could have been murdered her the week after (laughs) they go to bed that night and i love this line rob they're in bed and one of the girls asks are you asleep and the other one says are you kidding me (laughs) okay (laughs) and then they discuss the plot to save aunt sophia get the money yeah 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 they decide that they're just gonna run off and and go to this witch's gathering where she believes that Aunt Agatha will be in order to get the stone you know they tell Norman if something happens to us you gotta take care of our mom and pop because they grew (laughs) up in that house and so did Norman since he was a puppy and they do confirm that Sophia is locked in the house there's a scene where Agatha and Sophia are talking in the attic she's stuck in the mirror world or whatever and they're you know chatting I have a feeling she's probably talking to a pre-recorded like video of her just talking to herself. And that's the only thing that I can think of because they do a lot of this at Disneyland. Oh, the same exact way. It looked like almost the mirror was playing the video too behind it. Like, like the mirror was ejection screen. And I totally could see yeah. her playing off of each other. Totally agree. So if she is still stuck in this mirror by midnight on this night, then the curse that was put on her for seven years will become permanent and she will no longer have a way of getting out. And I love this because, oh my God, remember when her cat got stuck in the in the tree and she ran out and threw Christy, Christy yes. across the, the room trying to get to her cat. And the twins and Aunt Agatha meet for the first time and she goes, twins? Like she immediately like, freaked out because those twins are the demise of her curse like it only works with twins and so she and like everything again is just falling into place and it wasn't supposed to but she's just like don't ever come back here and so it's um, the powers that be at work yeah, you would say on the way home we meet our sort of like I guess scarecrow character because you brought up the fact that this is totally Wizard of Oz right like we get these additional characters that they meet during their journey and this is our scarecrow. This is um, Mr. What was his name? Mr. N. Which, but his his is it Nafzagger yeah. or something? Nafzagger. And then because it was hard to pronounce, oh, just call me Mr. N. Instead. I didn't like that name. I don't know. I okay. So you came to this conclusion before I did, and. <laughs> 
yes, it could definitely be read that way. I am choosing not to think that that was planned. <laughs> I mean, I, I hope not because when he said that, I was like, what? And they just went and they kept saying it. And I'm like, no, what? It is a very huge coincidence for sure. It sucks. I would have, somebody should have noticed it. I mean, they couldn't pick any other letter for this man's last name to be. I don't know. So, Tell me who this was played by. Oh my god, please, I'm gonna pronounce his name wrong. That's why I wanted you to do it. <laughs> oh god, designing women, Anthony, Hollywood, uh, Misash Misa, Taylor, Misash. Yes, that's how I would say it. This amazing, amazing actor. I love this man to death. One of the first openly gay characters played on screen that I was old enough to understand who was just highly feminine, but so confident. He didn't care what anybody thought. Like, I, God, I love this actor. He's just so good. And I'm sure he had to put up with a lot of crap out you know yes. once the you know you, you know cut but he stood by those roles did it twice i he's amazing but that's and a different episode straight. Um, and that's the thing he was straight and married so he yeah. plays it so well and anthony on designing women was another character growing up that i loved that show of course i, I love my golden girls more at the time but my mother would always have mm -hmm. the designing women on and but hollywood not yeah. to go off on a thing, but Hollywood, the funniest thing. I love when he has that Hollywood car protector. He puts the tarp over his cars as Hollywood. Yes, yes. And then he's, yeah, he's just like, ooh, yes, honey. Yeah, he just knows it looks good when he's even putting it on. He's like, yes, baby. Yes, he just loves it. It's it's amazing. Well, so in this film, he plays a homeless beggar who, you know, tries to, you know, wash windows on cars to get, you know, some money. He has big Hollywood dreams quote unquote and you know he just wants to be rich and famous and you know he lives under a bridge we don't know this at this point but yes he is introduced and instead of given money he's given two pineapple uh lollipop and he's like pineapple but i hate pineapple <laughs> <laughs> I happen to like pineapple, to be honest with you. So that is not a black thing. I will say that right now. Black people like pineapple. I don't know why he didn't. Pineapple's good. And he does it with this, I guess it's supposed to be like an English accent. Because they allude to him yeah. later on. They say something like, you, the only Buckingham Palace you've seen or something like that. So he's almost putting on this. You know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of Bette Midler and Big Business, who like grew up poor, yes. but just had so much of the finer Perfect things in life, example. right? <laughs> but yeah, we meet him. He's sort of like a little intro and, and a character introduces somebody we will see later, but this is a little tidbit of who he is. So yeah, they're out trick-or-treating, and again, there's no other adults because they couldn't pay for any other adults to be on screen. All these kids around, and these are the only two people parents and they're not even paying attention saying, to their what kid. good did it do anyway they're not paying attention clearly all night yeah so this was the time to um start their plan what they had thought of was that they were going to wear their costumes and their costumes had face masks so you couldn't see their faces then once separated from the parents they would ask two other kids and tell them to wear our costumes and walk the rest of the route with their parents in exchange for all the candy that they've gathered so far. And they did the have evening, a big right? load of candy for whatever 
I'm they had one. a lot of candy. Lots and lots of candy. I, yeah, that was pretty good. And so these kids agree. But Ryan, you know what I'm going to say next. How did these kids manage to walk all the way with these yes. parents? And where were their parents? Like, who were they with? How do you switch costumes? Like, didn't your parents know that your kids are gone? How did this happen? I don't understand how this plan happened. You, you spoke the words right out of my mouth. This whole scene, this is, again, this is number number two or three when do not do this children (laughs) and when we see later on how long these kids were walking with these parents like rob said you'll begin to question but so they do switch and their plan is to go to meet Mr. Gravedigger again? Or am I wrong? They decided to just kind of walk. I, I think they were going to try and find the Gravedigger. I can't remember exactly what started out on their route. Okay, so according to the official synopsis, so the first person they encounter is the the Mr. N character who does live under the bridge. They toss a coin and much like Rob is saying, everything with fate is lining up. This coin happens to fly over the bridge and hit Mr. N in the head while he's fishing in the pond below. (laughs) And this is when they realize that they will talk to strangers. Also, Mr. N comes up to them and introduces himself. So, yeah, they they tell him about the plan, and he hears that there's a moonstone and that it's very valuable. And so he agrees to go on this mission with them. Like, yes, this is a family movie, but it's like, that is so dangerous. Like, I first, I can't believe that he really was thinking about stealing from these kids. Like, I mean, when you're homeless, you know, you don't really have nothing to lose, but it's just like, wow, you really are about to steal from these kids once the stone is retrieved. And I was very shocked about that. But yes, so trusting. And, you know, they were just like, come on with us. Yes, help us. We could use an adult. It's that cute, innocent sweetness that the children see past everything they don't care that he's homeless they don't care that he lives under the bridge you know it's that sweet innocence but then in real life you're like oh my this man's gonna go with them (laughs) which leads them into the woods well yeah so it's funny they were like where would a witching's gathering be and like one of them says hollywood and i was like i resent that how dare you (laughs) hollywood is not that dangerous or dark (laughs) twisted but yeah they were just like hollywood would have one they go see that gypsy woman so he's like i got the hookup we're gonna go see my you know psychic friend who isn't a psychic at all and they're just like where would a witching's gathering be you know it took a while but they talk him into to seeing her even though they have no money and they're they're in the room and she's like oh my crystal ball tells me oh yeah it's down i5 or something now beat it and she goes but um they were like no you need to be more specific and so one of them takes out the wand and waves it around and the wand works again showing the location of the witches gathering in the crystal ball the woman is freaking out because obviously she's fake she's like what is going on and so um i keep wanting to call him hollywood <laughs> uh mr he's N. hollywood to us he's hollywood to us I know. Mr. N uh, recognizes the location so they know exactly where they need to go and they decide to hitch a ride in this pumpkin truck or whatever and so they're riding in the back of it just, you know, and they talk about their dreams and what they would do with, you know, if they had money or, you know, if they could make a wish on the moonstone or whatnot. So, long story short, they sort of, I don't think they doze off but they're just kind of in their own world and they don't really realize where they're going and so they end up way deep into the woods through this highway and he's like, no! They turned at the wrong corner. We're going the wrong way. And so they were like, okay, we need to stop. 
this is one of my favorite parts ever in this movie. It is so good. He decides to, while the car is moving, to go on the side of the car where the driver is, pop his head in the driver window, scare the shit out of the driver, and then the car swerves, but then he does his Hollywood scream, right? (laughs) I love it. And then the car swerves, you know, pumpkins flying everywhere. This biker accidentally, you know, crashes into the truck and somehow ends up with a pumpkin on his head. And then he picks up the girls and then he tries to like silently walk away, but then immediately just like run. And he takes (laughs) off with the two of them. It is his, that is hysterical, that whole scene. Run for your life. I just love this part so much. It's so funny. But yeah. You get lost yeah. in the woods. I don't know if it's Kelly or Lynn. She delivers this line and she gives the face afterwards. So you know that Mary Kate or Ashley Olsen, they, she thought she nailed it. She says, we know where we are. We just don't know where ev- everything else is. And she gives this face like, damn, I got this line. Like she must have been trying for maybe. T- <laughs> but it was a cute line. I feel like they delivered ad- more adult lines. Very, very funny. The things that they come up with these quotes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do they meet Oscar next? Normally, I don't think little people do live in actual tiny houses, but this looks like a, a dollhouse style little house. But it's the only house in the woods, but it has number three on the house. So. Is possibly there must be a neighbor to other houses in the woods as well, <laughs> deep in the woods. And because no one answers the door, what does Mary Kate and Ashley do? They just open the yeah, turn the knob, walk in. I okay, so you've already established twice where the kids could have gotten nabbed, <laughs> right. right? Okay, I don't know if this was the third one for you, but yeah, they they decide to just walk into somebody's property, they don't know who lives there. It's insane, but they need help, they need a phone or something. I can't remember why they wanted to but they just needed to I I really don't understand the teachings of these parents but I I've never in my life they talk to strangers they walk into places they're not supposed to go to they're devious enough to switch places and here's the other thing they kind of go back to the parents I think and they have not talked to their kids in hours because you would think in their voices, they would know that their kids are not in their costumes. So you didn't say one word to your kids all night. No. I, I was I was livid. I was like, what is going on with these parents? Well, you think those <laughs> kids would have kept those masks on the whole entire time without either shifting or saying, I don't want to do this anymore. It's, it's madness. It's madness. But we meet our tin man of the group. This is Oscar. So we see him without clown makeup, but they do recognize him and he recognizes recognizes them you're the one i gave the wand to we get this very heartfelt story which i think is very prevalent for its time you know i'm sure the verbal abuse and constant uh bullying of little people was at a high back in the day and he shares the story that and this is again like very relevant i i hate i'm gonna get deep with mary kate and ashley olsen movie right now but this this honestly is why a lot of people decide to become actors they play clowns they do voice work anything to pretend not to be themselves right and oscar wants to be a clown he loves when people are laughing with him to make sure that they do not have an opportunity to laugh at him. And I just was, yeah, that that was a very nice, well-written wow. backstory of Oscar as to why he's a clown. And, you know, thank God none of the kids made fun of him while, you know, while he was doing his gig. But 
he felt very vulnerable and and very like exposed the fact that they are looking at him without makeup on and you know the the twins reassure him you are wonderful who you are and we're not going to make fun of you and he is um privy to the story and the legend and what their mission is and he immediately is like hell yeah i'll come with you (laughs) i love this stuff yeah he's after yeah they just break into his house and he's ready to go and mr n is outside the window saying i think parts of that story is highly unlikely or something like that he doesn't want to believe it too much that's right he yeah he finally hears like everything like at this point too so he's like really is that what goes down So Aunt Agatha overhears plans that the girls are going to try to crash the witch's convention or meeting, the witch's meeting, because she's using the mirror to spy on them. That's right. Okay, so this is when they go to the witch's gathering. I love this whole entire scene, Rob. How about you? This place is so culty. I mean, yes, in this movie, magic is real. But like this gathering, I bet you half of them don't even have power. It just seems like a very culty thing. These people just gravitated to this type of lifestyle as to what they want to do each Halloween. And, you know, yay, I just hope they're not out there like hurting people. But just the way everybody's gathering and just sort of doing their thing, it just seems so culty. But yes, this is a great 100% scene. 100% cult. And there's that vampire barber quartet kind of group. And they <laughs> they kind of, there's these three of them them and they just kind of go and they hold up a cassette (laughs) and then they say that it's going to be available (laughs) so many memories honestly like i mean watching this scene i really was reminded about how many times i watched this film as a kid i mean this scene in general with their you know their chants and their doily we get the title of the movie in this scene and um but yeah you know this this was a very memorable scene but it's just like yeah we just had some people move into the neighborhoods we have to keep our moans and our chants to a a low volume (laughs) i thought that was hysterical it gives that like comedy aspect it lightens the mood and it also notes that the pumpkin truck was actually supposed to be delivered for them and their witch meeting tonight you're kidding oh did you miss that part i missed that part. so if they had stayed in the truck they would have yeah, gotten there yeah well that's, that's hilarious he mentions he's like for the first ah. time mr lopez he's really reliable usually but he had an accident okay here I remember that line, but I didn't know it was the, oh my God, that's hilarious. I love that. Kelly and Lynn. What did you think of their costumes, Rob? I thought they looked kind of creepy with those noses. Oh my God. Okay. So let me just say this just amplified Oscar as a character because the man just has the best ideas, the best resources. You know, he's got his, you know, um, his mo- his clown mobile to take him there. And just this idea. Well, okay. First, first of all, him trying to get into the place was crab was like, really, this is your connection. Oh, I left it at home. My black cat familiar ate it. Like, come on now. So he couldn't even get into the place, but they used the wand to get in. But as they get in, they were like, oh, I have a plan because she's wearing the moonstone yeah. across, you know, at, at Agatha. She's wearing it across her neck. And so how are we going to get it? So he gets on top of Mr. N's shoulders to be like this tall, blind man prophet. Terrifying, though. I just thought this was amazing. Amazing. So, like, when I quoted uh, Mirage from the Aladdin series, she was, like, up in space talking to some, like, leader or something. And the guy 
was also had this like cloth blindfold on him because he was a seer, but he didn't see with his eyes. So, I mean, it was, it was sort of the same look and he had the voice and just how tall he was and the rope, like everything just fit. I just thought it was such an amazing plan to execute and pretend to just be like, I know all I see all I can give you more power. But one thing that I noticed, right? So Mr. N reaches out to put the little ingredients in the cauldron. But then when they pan out, they are so far from that yes, cauldron. There are. is no way he could ever reach the cauldron and put that stuff in without being noticed. I just thought that was hilarious. But um, no, their costumes is great. And again, they don't like being twins, but who dressed up exactly like each other with the same makeup? It made no sense because... And Agatha actually mentions there's twins and they're little. Their characters are twin characters and they're little. Now they are, like I said, creepy looking with these noses and this makeup. But I do love that they pretend to hate the the twins as well. And they say in those creepy voices, oh, I hate those twins. I hope we find them. (laughs) I thought that was so cute. Wait until I get my hands on them. That was so cute. They do that really cute. I can't say enough. I can't believe I, I... I'm gushing over this Mary Kate and Ashley movie myself, but they do it really cute. But that voice though, that Oscar does, it reminds me of, well, Rob's going to love this return of the Jedi. When princess Leia has to break out Han Solo in Jabba's palace. And she dresses up as this bounty hunter named Boosh or something. It's called. And it's like, I'm coming for you, (laughs) Han Solo. The voice that Oscar does as this seer is funny, but at the same time creepy because he's like 10 foot tall. He's got the eyes covered, like Rob said. And then they're found out, unfortunately, because Mr. N's head comes out of the rope. But at the same time, wouldn't that just add to his mystique? He almost like he has like a skeleton head coming out of his stomach. It's total Krang, right? It could totally be Krang. And yeah, I mean, I, I would have just played it off like it's just a part of my body. I have this head sticking out that's all skeleton-like, but it didn't work. And they get discovered. Trickery! Yeah. And they, <laughs> they all run out. Let me just say, so she she gets the mob to go after them. They've got the Moonstone because she gives up the Moonstone. And like, I couldn't believe this plan worked. But they're all running after the four of them, and they decide to split up. And one has the moonstone, the other twin has the wand, and they split up. And I love it because they're chasing uh, Mr. N, and I believe it's Kelly, uh, who has the wand. And Aunt Agatha was leading the mob. She's got some steps in her. Miss Gloria was running (laughs) She did not lose a breath. Like she kept up. She had a little step in her. She don't let that age fool you. She she could run. I I was very proud of her. Proud of her witch powers. <laughs> so, is this around the time that the parents finally realize that they're missing? Yes, yes. The kids are like, okay, look, I didn't expect to do all of this all night long. She's like, we want to go home with our own parents. We don't want to go home with you. And they're like freaking out. And I'm like, oh, look at that. Maybe that should tell you to pay attention to your kids more. 
and not ignore them and like make they were making out a lot too like they were just in their own world these parents like and then when they when they go to the kids parents house and the mother's just like i'm sure they're fine <laughs> they're probably just out with their friend you're gonna find them they're gonna be having so much fun yeah mom where were you this whole time that your kids was running around with these white parents like i just love the fact that she was just like oh i'm sure they're just yeah that's the way you do things see that's the thing she trusts these kids way too much she's like yeah my kids ran off with you all night i'm sure your kids are doing just fine they can take care of themselves yeah that's right parents were hilarious so then they call the police of course it's not long enough for them to report the missing but there is a female cop who's a mom and she kind of has like a minnesota accent she said i'm gonna keep an eye out for them i'm a mom too I got two little ones. So that's as far as the police connection goes, really, with the parents. She actually, matter of fact, she yeah. does see the girls in a in the clown car later on. The cop. Yes, that's right. She doesn't yeah. even tell the parents. She just tells them that she sees them. And the parents walk off and she just goes, oh, there was a clown car and a crow. Well, we'll get to I'm jumping ahead. I'm sorry. Well, well, this is where the movie actually gets pretty dark. So the evening is dark. It's pitch black. Like they're all running around and it's like shadows and, you know, silhouettes. We don't know who's who, but alleyway, um, Mr. Abandoned buildings. Yeah. Mr. N tries to negotiate with Aunt Agatha and say, I'll help you find the moonstone if you, you know, give me 50 grand. And it gets lower and lower and lower. And she's like super pissed and turns him into a crow with the magic that she does have without having the moonstone. But she really had to summon it, right? This, she says, oh, oh. She's like, I, I have to really work for this spell without the moonstone. But what do you know? Another black character gets turned into something. Yeah, a black crow. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything. What I because honestly, <clears throat> Mr. N. Mache was actually in the movie a lot more than he was a crow. But I just was like, was there a scheduling problem? Was there a reason he couldn't be there? Something must have happened. I don't know. Um, but he turns into a crow that can talk, so we can still understand him. <laughs> and we want to hear his voice. Honestly, we want to hear that Hollywood fun coming out of this actor. So. I'm Glad that he's yes, still had his voice, thank no. God. But it's not as bad as these other movies that continuously turn black characters into some some kind of animal so they disappear. But anyways, he turns into a crow and poor Kelly, like my goodness, like she is bamboozled into thinking that Aunt Agatha is actually Aunt Sophia because of a glamour. And, you know, she's quizzing her. She's like, are you sure? Like all of this. And she so ends up believing so her smart. at one point. She does it so good, yeah. too. But then she, she decides to test her and ask her about, you know, oh, we can make our chocolate chip cookies when we go home. And she's like, yes, they're my favorite. And she was like, okay, come on up. And, okay, so tell me, what do you think about this? She uses her only source of power, the wand, to tie her hands up right. through the door so she can't get loose. But she gave up the wand. So, what you know? I guess they didn't know that it worked, and so they didn't care. But what do you think about her just giving away the wand like that? 
I'm assuming only because not that we're to believe that that's the only piece of something that she could find in that whole entire abandoned building but I guess she figured it would buy her enough time to tie her arms but it actually magically did bind her powers in a way right because she mentions when her hands are caught up she says my magic my magic so the wand is canceling out her powers but yeah what are the odds that that's what she knew was going to actually happen or yeah but that is a great scene like wrong it's cinnamon cookies <laughs> I know yeah so she get yeah so she doesn't believe her but then runs off to try and find Mr. N and she sees a silhouette of a man uh-huh. with the hat and it could be oh yes yeah, Mr. N so she runs down and it's George and then Kelly just starts screaming I'm like oh my god this is actually really terrifying close up of her face screaming time number four death count yeah so yeah pretty creepy so then what happens next i think i think they go back to um lynn and lynn they come up with this plan lynn says we need to go to the grave digger because he'll know what to do so they find the grave digger I think that, well, somehow they come with the Gravedigger, who is, our, I guess, our cowardly lion in this sense. Yeah, they meet They meet up with... Um, Mr. N flies, maybe Mr. N flies to them. Yeah, so they, uh, they go back to the car. They find out that um, Mr. N's a bird and that Kelly has been kidnapped. And then they have some bright light behind him. And then Lynn figures out that this is where the gravedigger lives and they're like oh let's go to vegas <laughs> we'll go get him it's like no he lives right there so he lives above some building where a billboard has a sun advertising some ad where the sun never sl- and it's actually the literal ad he reads the little ad and um yeah so he lives above some building or whatever and they try and talk him into taking them to Aunt agathas because they don't know how to get there from where they're so at. we're gonna say Again, it's fate lining them up. They're at the right place. She realizes it's the sun is always shining on this billboard. That's where he lives. So like Rob said earlier, magic is putting them on this path in a way. We'll say that and we'll say it's not just an easy way to move the plot on. I mean, so magic, I get really, I guess really is putting them in this thing. So they find now Mr. Gravedigger and... He is terrified to help them, so... Yeah, he's definitely the cowardly lion, like you said. Yeah, so we meet the lion now, and yeah. Come on this journey with us. To get him out of the house, they pull the power so he's not home alone in the dark. So that little... Yeah, again, that little Lynn, she's got a little, uh little darkness in her we'll just leave you by yourself and you can stay here and she's like nope you're just gonna come with us smart, <laughs> smart thinking girl so now they go to aunt agatha's house this is where the grand finale is about to happen so they get there and somehow they do get there before aunt agatha george and kelly so i think they're just like really about to head up the stairs when they almost they come in the door at that point and they want to do a trade oh okay so this is what i find funny because we get to um aunt sophia in the attic and lynn has the moonstone and sophia is so happy and did you just see like her heart gets crushed when she finds out that kelly is not there and so we learn that the only way this is going to work is if they both are there it's a twin spell so only twins can break it and tamara and oh right and so this is what's so funny about it is because if aunt agatha is aware of this curse all she had to do was like go see a movie maybe go park somewhere go get something to eat don't bring kelly to the house right right so true 
And all you have to do is just stay away until midnight. You have one of the twins. Their plan is over. There's no way they're going to win. Nope. Let's go to the house where the moonstone is. Of course. Hilarious. That Aunt Sophia, her heart breaks and she's like, well, you tried. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, they try and do a trade. They were like, you know, Kelly for the Moonstone. And they're going through all this. Cross your heart. Dig a new in your eye. Do a shuffle or something. Put a needle <laughs> in your booty. I don't care. Whatever it is. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. But yeah, all that negotiating. And then, um, yeah, she puts the Moonstone on the ground. Because she's like, I don't trust you. She's like, I'm not going to hand it to you. And she's like, put it on the ground. And then so she puts it on the ground. And then she's like, ha ha, you thought you could believe me. You you got fooled and yada yada. But then there was a scuffle or something. Mr. And- N? And then Mr. N picks it up with his bird beam? That's right. Mr. N picks up the Moonstone and flies off with it, takes it to the attic. Thank God. Yeah. And the parents finally find out that they're at Aunt Agatha's because they saw the clown car somewhere close to that address. And so they're on their way. What are doing uh, with a clown at this point, right? Like, what do you imagine? I know. So yeah, they're upstairs and they are, they have the moonstone and Aunt Sophia comes and they're like, well, what's the incantation? What do we say? And she goes, I don't know. I was like, woman, we only got like two minutes. You better come up with something. But then what was it? Oscar and the gravedigger were turned into turtles. Yeah, they were blocking the, they were blocking the upstairs and preventing Aunt Agatha from going upstairs. And so she turns them into turtles. And they're trying to work together to get up the stairs. I love how confident they are, too. And the gravedigger stands up to her and she's like, you're not getting through me and, you know, all that. I thought that was really brave of them. But um, they're upstairs and they don't know what to say, but they feel very defeated. And so Kelly and Lynn decide to say, you know, I'm so sorry that I was rude to you. I love being a twin and all this stuff. And apparently their acceptance or their love for each other and being a twin was how to break the spell because um oh no no no. but before that it rings that's what it was so they feel defeated because the clock went off it was after midnight so it was too late and a matter of fact too late she comes up aunt agatha and she keeps saying it's after midnight after midnight she's not worried at all she's like picking up things well it's after midnight so yeah yeah she's like george get rid of him let's go bury him in the thing you know and so they feel defeated and then they say the thing and then all of a sudden their love for one another broke the spell they can come I'm out and I'm like shenanigans how in the hell someone right? put was it Mr. N he put the clock back he said five minutes so this is okay let me just tell you what happened this is what happened when I was watching it I'm sitting there and the clock rings midnight and I'm like no this does not make sense I remember that Sophia comes out and I'm like oh that's right I completely forgot I'm sitting here just watching this movie like it's the first time and it dawns on me I remember what happens Lynn pushes the clocks five minutes ahead. These children are geniuses. I never would have thought of any of this. Very genius. And they show the clock. They show the clock 15 minutes till midnight before their big giant showdown. Yeah, never once did I think that she altered the clocks. But I was like, shenanigans, What? how do you do this? And then she was like, yeah, I turned the clocks ahead and she's pissed. Well... <laughs> It's still time. It's not midnight yet. So Aunt Agatha goes in to tackle Sophia back into the mirror. And there's this huge struggle and they don't know what's going on. And then one of the twins pulls Sophia by the hand away from Agatha. And Agatha goes headfirst into the mirror. She does this like never ending spiral falling down a cavern 
thing. So, so definitely a screen at this point in the mirror that we're watching of her just falling ah, around and around. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the clock turning forward again, that was just a brilliant plan. I, it's so funny that I didn't remember it before, but it just popped in my head and I was just like, this is amazing. Um, But this was so funny. So while all of this is going down, right? The parents still have no idea what these kids have been going through all night long. So they get to the house and they're calling out for the kids. And then Oscar says, oh, they're in the attic. And as they're running upstairs, you see the mom turn around and be like, who are you? And why are you with my kids? She just has this angry look on her face. She was like, how do you know where my kids are? And I was like, Now she wants to be angry, mother. After really? After how you watch your children? It's so funny. If you guys rewatch this, just look at her face she just turns on she was like who are you and why do you know where my children are and i'm like yeah uh we're practically best friends now since you abandoned them on the street <laughs> just thought that was so funny but yeah they go upstairs and they find out that there is a black man sitting on a chair and there is a grave digger and a little person just hanging out and they have no idea why their kids are there but for some reason they see sophia they are like completely okay with the fact that she comes here out of nowhere decides to throw a halloween party and not tell the parents and she's fine with it george just their mother is fine with yeah. it she's oh real oh of course and sophia yeah she's seeing dollar sign george gets his memory back which i thought was really funny too because i didn't remember who george was at first she he brings it in the very beginning of the movie he brings in tea and she says drop it and he literally drops it on the floor i was like oh he must be a zombie or something but he's under some kind of like spell he's clearly not himself so then when they talk about oh yeah and aunt sophia ran off with a guy named george George, I'm like, oh, that's right. George is the butler. I completely forgot. And um, we did skip part in this recap, but um, the story is told about how Sophia yeah. was put into the mirror. Sophia and George go to her while she's eating and says, we're leaving you and we're not coming back. And she goes, you're not going to do anything, whatever. And then that's when she puts a spell on him. And then immediately George is under a trance and was like, when I'm done with dinner, you can draw me a bath and clean up these dishes and has yeah, been working for her for wild. seven years. Isn't that, not only does she banish the sister, but she makes the sister's lover become her slave wow very crazy very crazy so all is good and sophia who's been locked in a mirror for seven years is like the horniest old woman i've ever seen on tv her and george are the cutest oldest couple i've ever seen in my life but they are clearly doing it like jackrabbits because they cannot take their hands off each other throughout the whole rest of the movie the way they were looking at each other right he's a whore. yeah just the whole time just could not take their their hands off each other but they throw a little gathering and they agree to help their family keep their house and, you know, help with the business and whatnot. And, and she makes all cookies. as well. She makes the cinnamon cookies. But what happens to Mr. N? Does he get to have a house and not be homeless anymore? Well, it sounded like, oh, we're all one big happy family now. I have a feeling that they all just kind of hung out there. I was hoping that they were going to move in inside of that house. Like yeah. Oscar and Mr. N and Aunt Sophia, because she's just going to be having sex up in the bedroom the whole time anyway. Might as well put 
enjoy that big house. Exactly, exactly. But um, so you brought up this ending part when they're cleaning up the mirror because throughout the scuffle of reuniting with their parents and everything, they managed to knock the mirror off itself after Aunt Agatha was sucked in and the mirror breaks. And so so what happens? So they're cleaning up, which we're assuming on this is the next day, because it's it's daylight, and they leave these little girls to sweep up this broken glass. And then afterwards, I cannot believe it, but you know, Aunt Agatha is talking in one of these shards of broken glass, and either Kelly or Lynn just picks up this glass like it's nothing and is ta- and like, you won't get rid of me, you'll get me out of here. And they're like, Nope, sorry. Puts it in the waste paper basket. But literally, this is time number seven if you're counting. I don't even know at this point. Children could be killed. <laughs> Hands could be cut off. I mean, wow. That was a big, like, plate of glass that they picked up. And I was just like, yeah. They held it with such ease. I mean, of course, I'm sure it was fake, but just for people watching, it's like, no, it's not okay to pick up broken, you know, mirrors. And don't children's shows have to have a certain guidelines of because they have a they must know that children are going to imitate some of these things, right? So this movie not only has glass handing up, walking away with strangers, every other thing else we mentioned, going into people's houses. But to your Wizard of Oz theme, they go to each one and was like, "Thank you for this. You stood up to the, you know, like it was very." Wizard of Oz like you said. Or was that, right? Because I I wasn't just imagining things then. So, okay. Because I'm like, wow, this is kind of like, they're yeah, they're gathering the crew together. And then her last line, I hate kids, or I hate Halloween or something. She says, I hate Halloween. Halloween? I thought it was kids too, and I'm like, you know what? Normally I feel you, but I'm in the giving mood today. These Olsen twins are adorable (laughs) and smart. So what do you think about this movie all these years later? I, I still found this movie to be really fun now am i gonna go out and recommend it for an adult just as old as i am to watch this no but here's the thing there are a lot worse films from the twins that have come out and this is not one of them i could i i'm surprised and i'm wondering this has this ever been a part of 31 days of halloween i would totally show this movie every year on free form i think this movie is so much fun And again, this is why I like being on your show, Ryan, because it reminds how good it was back then. These movies did not care to push boundaries like they took heavy risks. They put them in scary situations. There wasn't this entire whimsical thing to it. This whole entire movie was kind of dark. There was a lot of things wrong with this film. A lot that kids are not supposed to do. But I never got any sense of danger. This still felt like a kid's story to me. It was all fun and games. But I mean, like, but these kids were definitely in danger. There was a high stake going on. and, And it still was PG. It was still appropriate for children. I don't know where movies went from there but you can't do stuff like this anymore even the gravedigger just looked creepy in its in himself just being very pale like ray hugh for no reason just pale pale it just sucks that movies like this cannot be produced that much anymore but again i it's not to say that we don't get films like this anymore i've seen films sort of take it back to this type of storytelling and those few have i i would think is doing decent um 
one movie that comes into mind in particular is this newest one. I think I mentioned it on your show before is Vampires uh, versus the Bronx, which is on Netflix. I think it's great. And um, The Vampire's Apprentice with um, John C. Riley and Josh Hen- Hutcherson, I think his name is. That movie was actually kind of dark from what I remember, but a total kids film. And um, there are a few like this that I think are pretty good and keeping that sort of darkness. Like movies like Scooby-Doo and Goosebumps, I think they're still a little bit more lighthearted right. than this right. one. This one's actually darker yes, than Yes, yes. Especially that that witch cult. It really is a cult gathering, like you said. It's, it's creepy, but at the same time, it just has this air of fun to it that is lacking movies, yeah. especially Halloween movies. Let's hope that Hocus Pocus 2 brings back fingers crossed uh, classic halloween movies like that yeah exactly so i mean hey but i i actually really enjoyed it what about you i really enjoyed it as well i am so happy you wanted to do this i'm so happy that i watched it i actually would add this to my maybe not yearly halloween countdown but I did get a kick out of it. And I do like having those movies that feel like Halloween, that capture Halloween in a bottle. I like to see the trick-or-treaters out. I like to see the kids on the street. I love to see that because I don't know about in California, but I know just from the last few years here, it could be just where we're living, but trick-or-treaters are declining. You don't even see kids anymore out. I mean, like I said, it could be the areas that, you know, I've lived in, but you don't see that anymore. You don't get that that fun mystery of Halloween and kids are out and... I'm a big city person, so, you know, I'm not really in a location where I would just normally see kids out trick-or-treating every year. I think sometimes people would go on sort of like a work circuit. Like, they would go to, like, a financial district area and just kind of go from, like, business to business grabbing candy as opposed to houses or something. Or they would just go into some kind of, like, small circuit where there's a bunch of booths and you would just trick-or-treat that way and just go home. Like a mall or something like that. Well, I, you know, it, it does make you wonder you know are neighborhoods you know safe now for kids to be trick-or-treating nowadays you know i'm sure in the very heavy suburban rural areas that you can definitely trick-or-treat but lately you know i know it's still kind of a thing but i wonder exactly do you know at what age do parents let their kids go by themselves things like that like i wonder exactly how prevalent trick-or-treating is nowadays and then probably if the kids if the parents don't allow the kids to go by themselves and the kids don't want to go because their parents are coming with them. So they probably don't go anywhere. It is nice to see like those old school trick-or-treaters once in a while. Brings you back. Brings you back. (laughs) But I think this movie does hold up in my opinion. I I don't think there's really too much outdated references or anything from this movie. Of course, there are certain effects that you can kind of notice and see, but I think from a child's point of view, I think this movie pulls it off very well. They didn't really rely on a lot of special effects like literal lightning or magic shooting out of people's hands or things like that. I mean, the mirror thing I thought was very clever. You know, again, it just reminds me a lot of Disneyland and some of the trickery that comes with that. But everything else seemed very authentic. And, you know, yeah, I I still thought it was great. So that was this week's Radical Retro Rewind. Where can the people find you at? So anybody interested in the two podcasts that I currently run uh, with my friend Sean, we have a movie podcast, Movie Geek and Proud, where we promote that there are no such thing as guilty pleasures. You should always enjoy the taste of movies that you enjoy, even if there are movies that you don't like that everybody else does do not feel ashamed about that we're on instagram at movie geek and proud all one word on twitter we're at m g n p podcast 
check us out see if you like any of our reviews we are also still currently reviewing the original charm series one episode at a time while i show my friend sean the show for the first time we're currently in season five right now that is called brunch with the hollowells which can be found on instagram all one word brunch with the hollowells as well as twitter at bwth podcast Thank you so much. And if anyone is interested, there is a Halloween contest currently going on from now until midnight. (laughs) Thursday, October 30th on the Radical Retro Rewind Instagram account, which is Radical Retro Podcast, all one word. That Halloween contest is to win some Radical Retro merchandise, as well as a little Halloween goodies thrown in there as well, just to spoof things up. There's going to be a video posted on Friday, the day before Halloween, which will announce the winner. And then that Friday is also the Halloween special for this year, where David and I count down 10 amazing witches. And Mary Clinton and Ashley weren't on it, sadly. Aww. Well, yeah, this is definitely the season of The Witch. I believe that this episode came out on the premiere of the new Witches movie that's on HBO Max. And then your Halloween special is when the Craft Legacy is released. So yes, Witches for like days. You're going to be so... I mean, I'm sure Hocus Pocus will be playing everywhere. So everyone have a safe and fun holiday season. We'll be back next week with that Halloween episode. Thank you again, Rob, for all his knowledge and all his fun. And see you next week. Have a good one. (laughs) Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corian's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corian.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corian.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.